Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Danielle back for another Q&A. It has been a few months and I've had some fun guests on the podcast, but there's nothing like catching up with Danielle. And uh, we decided to ask you all to ask us anything. And so we have kind of a variety of questions today, everything from pregnancy and birth and transitioning from one to two kids, things that are easier or harder with kids when they're younger versus older, summer activities, and so much more. But really, the questions are great, but I'm just so excited to catch up with you, friends. So welcome again, Danielle. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been almost three, three and a half, four months since I was on and a lot has happened and I'm happy to be back as well. Um, and I've been listening to the podcast that you've had in between. Um, but thank you for welcoming me back. Um, I had a little baby girl in February, so she's going to be four months old this month. And I took some time off and gave myself a maternity leave and healed in the postpartum period and just spent a lot of time with family the past few months. So it's been really nice. And now I'm kind of getting back into the swing of things with um, the podcast and my business. And I can't wait to chat tonight. Mm, me too. And can I just say, like, I admire you so much for taking so much time off and really just being present with your baby and your son. Uh, your baby's a girl. Your older kiddos, a son, yes. just to clarify. <laughs> yes. um, so being there with your kiddos and with your family, I know that for myself, I felt a lot of anxiety around, you know, as a working mom as well, getting back to work. Um, and I think if you have that opportunity, I wish I had taken the time. So I'm, I admire you and I'm proud of you for taking the time, uh, but also excited to have you back. Thank you. Thanks. Yes. So let's give us a little life update. Give us a maybe how things have kind of changed other than well, now you have a baby in the last yeah. few months versus now. What is new other than new baby? Yeah, so we're a family of four now. Um, we, I feel like there's a lot that's been new over the last few months, but it doesn't feel as new as and as scary as when it first happened. So a few of the new things are I stay at home with both of my kids um, during the week while my husband has a typical Monday through Friday job. And that was like a new big, big, a little bit scary of a thing for me to like 
be in charge of the two of them all by myself <laughs> because they're both they were both under two until last week. Um, so that was new, finding a new routine, a new schedule, new rhythms of the day, how to balance a newborn and a toddler. Um, we've gone through potty training. My son is potty trained, so that was a oh big my gosh, thing in our house. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so that's more on like the family front, but then on my business side of things, I have um, been really excited and created a bar bundle for busy moms. So I put together a bundle of bar classes and um, specifically for moms to do in 20 minutes or less for the summer. So that's been a new thing I was working on and I'm really excited about it. You can check it out if you want. That's still available. Um, And I am getting back into health coaching as well. And so excited to meet my next clients. And I have revamped and had a lot of ideas over my time off. I feel like if when you start to give your brain a break, it gets all these ideas all of a sudden. And I've been just taking note and adding them and refining my my program. So I'm really excited to start that again. Um, so that's new with my business stuff. And then I'm just finding, I, I feel as though I'm finding myself again in the same place postpartum like I went through another pregnancy another birth and I think I'm I'm like another new version of myself so I'm just finding this new version of me and how to balance what is most important so what this podcast is about so yeah those are my updates I love that and uh, I think I need to get your bar bundle because yes. I am trying to figure out how to get workouts in when I've got my two kiddos at home solo parenting I run a lot in the summertime but I can't do that when my husband's mm-hmm. not around exactly. so I need a good solution I love that they're 20 minutes and uh yeah, yeah it's it really is kind of a rebalancing in every new season. And I'm learning that too, even though um, I think we we got questions related to both what you were kind of talking about when I'm talking about, we'll jump into those in a minute, but I feel like, um, yeah, every new season's a little bit different and there's always that rebalancing of routines mm-hmm. and uh, everything from like mentally needing to shift into a new place when you're in a new season to like physically needing new routines and getting used to those things like my, you know, my exercise schedule or, you know, just my morning routine. My Oh my gosh. My uh, eight-year-old was making fun of me last night. She said something about being crabby. Uh, we were eating oyster chowder and the topic Ooh, of seafood. good. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, plug. It is for the upcoming cookbook I'm doing with Dr. Heather Rhodes. Um, and it was it was actually really fantastic. You're from New England. So it was very mm-hmm. similar to clam chowder, but it uses smoked oysters. So it's a little smoky. It was delicious. But the topic of seafood was on the table, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, she was like, I'm crabby, like mommy when she doesn't have her morning routine. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's like, so you know, funny. honestly, I had to laugh because I'm like, it's true. If I don't have my time in the morning and they know that, especially when my husband's gone, because he is fantastic and oftentimes helps out with the kids in the morning, just getting them dressed or getting the breakfast one or the other while I have a little bit of time in the morning uh, before he works. But now we're in a season of him being physically gone for weeks on end. So it's just mama. And so we're sort of in that phase of also rebalancing. So whatever season it is, I feel like whether it's postpartum or I'm in this season of it's literally every year around this time and it always feels unexpected. It's like, wait, what do you mean you're leaving for two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Even though we know and with the summer break too, because yes. the kids are no longer in school, I'm assuming. Um, yes. So yeah. That's like two, two changes for you. Yes. Yeah. 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 We, we actually took my youngest daughter out of preschool, um, a few weeks ago because we knew that we were going to transition actually an announcement I recently made on the podcast. And I kind of shared a little while ago over on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, but for any of you who didn't listen to my kind of uh, personal update on the podcast, we are moving at the end of the summer and, uh, it's a pretty big move. We're moving like 1300 miles away. We're moving down to West central Florida, uh, which is going to be great for my husband's business. Um, I'm going to miss New England, but we'll be back in the summertime. Um, But we're going to be moving. And so we took my youngest daughter out just to start that sort of transition process. And so she could do camps and things like that in the summertime. She was going to school three days a week. Uh, And then my oldest daughter just finished on Friday. And uh, even, I mean, so it's only Tuesday now. 
So we're recording the Tuesday after she finished on Friday. So we're not that far into summer mm-hmm. break and the kids are at my parents right now. So I can't complain. I haven't had, you know, a whole lot of summer, but uh, it is that transition. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's all about rebalancing and giving ourselves that space to go, okay, this is a new season. Mm-hmm. We're rebalancing. It's going to be a little bit rocky to start. And then, you know, we kind of get into our our new routines, I think, or at least I hope. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. Okay. So let's dive into our questions because the first question that we got asked out of all of the questions, we have six, uh, five questions today. And the first Mm -hmm. question was directly for you. And I mean, honestly, it has been some time, like literally almost five years since I've been in this space. (laughs) So I'm excited to hear your answer. The question is, while pregnancy and birth are fresh, what advice and thoughts do you have for preconception phase women? I, when I read this question today, I was like, oh, I don't know if I've thought of that recently. And it's, it's such a good question to think about and pause and like really reflect on that. Um, and thank you to whoever asked that. The first thing that I want to say is that everyone's experience is really different. So, um, and each pregnancy was different for me, but thinking back specifically to the preconception preconception phase um and my experience I think one thing that I would I'm going to give one example of something that I want uh I did well and I am proud of and would recommend doing to others and then one thing that I think I could have done a little bit more strongly so okay so let me start with the one that I'm proud of and that I am happy that I continue on through my pregnancies and postpartum So preconception, I started really clearly outlining and figuring out my routine and and organizing my time and my schedule. And I felt busy at the time. (laughs) However, after having two kids now, I have much more limited time, but I was able to use those time management skills and those like routines to transition into motherhood and like use them in the same capacity. So I was able, before kids, I was able to like make sure that I had, could figure out when to exercise, um, which we had mentioned before, or like if there was a season in my life where I was working a nursing job and like teaching bar classes on the side and things felt particularly busy or if it maybe was the holiday season or I was traveling, um, I ha- gave myself options to um, do different workouts. And I'm only mentioning workouts because that is like something that makes me feel really good and is really important for both my mental and physical health. And that's a priority. So I guess one step even before that would be to identify what makes you feel your best, like one to three things that make you feel your very best and figure out how to get those into your team now in a solid way and make them habits, like truly make them habits and part of your every day or every week so that when it comes time for you to integrate them with two or one other person's schedule, like that's relying on you if you're feeding them every few hours, um, it's a little bit easier um, for you to do that. Because that is a question I get all the time. It's like, how do I get a workout in? And how do I find time for this? And so just really honing in on what makes you feel your best, because as you transition into motherhood, you want to get the most thing for your buck with your, your time that you spend with yourself. So knowing exactly what makes you feel good and how um, to squeeze that into your day is really important. And then one thing that I had wish I had done differently preconception is set my expectations for endless, not endless, but like any opportunity and not be an um of birth and like postpartum recovery and not be really attached to a specific outcome. So I had a vaginal birth for my first, and then I ended up having a cesarean or a belly birth for my second. And I had subconsciously 
assumed I would have a similar birth like to my first and 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 I am a nurse and like I've worked in the hospital I've worked on labor and delivery I've worked in postpartum like I know a lot more about this than I would say an average person but I never like reflected it onto myself and what that experience could look like for me and I would say like educate yourself and read about all the different opportunities and recoveries just so that you have and remain neutral or gauge your feelings about which ones you may be judging or against yourself or which ones you are leaning towards or assuming about happening to you. And then have a conversation with like your partner or whoever's going to be there during your birth or a close friend about like just keeping your eyes open to any possibility because I think that was really hard um, for me to process and still processing it like that it was just a lot different of a of an experience the second time around so preparing myself for preparing myself with education mm. and not in a way that's like um I think there's a difference in between between like anxiously over educating and like trying to go down rabbit holes and like get all the information versus feeling empowered by the education that you're giving yourself and reading. So educate yourself in an empowered way so that you know um, what to expect in different case scenarios, I guess. So that's, and I think that can't comes from experience and having gone through two births, but that is what I would, I would recommend. (laughs) Mm, Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I have to second just like reducing your expectations so much. You you can have desires, but having those like reducing those expectations, because I know that I had uh, a similar experience of just unexpected situations in my first pregnancy, because I I mentioned this before we kind of, when we first started um, talking on our Q and A's, we talked about pregnancy and birth and, um, my first pregnancy was very unexpected. I ended up with gestational diabetes and gestational hypertension and all these health issues that I didn't expect because I was young and healthy. And you, you know, you think of those things as, you know, being unhealthy person problems, but it's not, you know, that's not true, right? It can, anyone can deal with those. And, uh, and then having a really difficult birth experience. Um, I didn't end up with a cesarean, but I had a really difficult and traumatic birth experience with my oldest daughter. Uh, and it was actually a really long time before I was even ready to be pregnant with my second daughter because of how hard that birth experience was. And I think I, I really did have these very specific ideas in my head of exactly how it was supposed to go. And then things went downhill, like quick, not downhill. I shouldn't say downhill, but they went, uh, sideways opposite (laughs) differently than I had expected in every single way, uh, with my first daughter. And so going into my second pregnancy and my second birth, I was able to have a little bit more of an open mind. Um, and then I ended up at 36 weeks in the, in the, um, well, I had a midwife, I was going to say doctor's office, but she was a midwife. Um, she's a nurse practitioner, midwife and in her office going, uh, we're going to need to send you for another ultrasound because we mean, might need to schedule you a C-section because my daughter was breech until 37 weeks. And so that I had to go through that situation of going, Mm -hmm. um, and I was very thankful that I kind of had that knowledge that that might be a potential because then I did go through that research process and looking at different options. Um, and then thankfully she did turn at like literally 37 weeks right before they're like next week, we'll schedule you. (laughs) And then thankfully she turned. Um, but it was, I hadn't even researched it because I was like, no, 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 not me. That's not gonna, that's not gonna be something, whether it's an emergency or whether it's something that's planned. It was one of those things where I was like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna have a C-section. It's, you know, I had the vaginal (laughs) birth the first time. And so I think that's such helpful advice to just, you know, kind of, First, I love the planning advice of of really planning and getting into your routines ahead of time because it really is like what you prioritize before is what you're going to be able to prioritize after. And then also Mm -hmm. just to uh, educate yourself because education is power. I think it takes away so much fear when we're educated around things. Um, And so, yeah, I know that I felt much more calm. I mean, not in the moment, but going into my birth with my daughter after my second daughter, after doing like all that education, because I'm sort of like, whatever happens, I'm kind of prepared. Um, And then Mm -hmm. she shot out of me in an hour and a half, but Mm -hmm. that's another story. Yeah. (laughs) So So I think to those two things and 
just really give yourself space and time and love on yourself and your partner. And if there is, if you're in a relationship and like, just enjoy the time of the preconception phase as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. I think and getting your partner involved in the process too. I mean, I know they have to be involved in the process. But like <laughs> if you if you have a partner, you know, talking to them about, you know, your hopes and expectations or your fears and I think that is helpful to discuss those things ahead of time. Um everything from, you know, the the fun stuff like picking out the crib and the coming home outfit and the car seat and all of those things, but then also like, okay, I'm kind of nervous about this when it comes to birth or when baby comes or whatever it might be. If you do have a partner who's actively involved in your life, I think it is really important to kind of be on the same page. I think that's something my husband and I did really well. There's a lot of things we're not on the same page about, but I think we were pretty pretty well on the same page when it came to, I think mostly because I'm clearly a talker and we <laughs> had a lot of conversations <laughs> about, um, about things and more things that I'm sure he was even interested to talk about. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think, yeah, the more open you can be, um, I think the better. So yeah, yeah, totally agree. I love it. So our second question um, is, oh, and I didn't even ask you if you wanted to alternate, but I mean... If you do you want to ask the second question? Do you have them in front yeah, of you? Yeah, I'd love to. Sure. <laughs> okay. So the second question was tips for the one to two transition. So going from one child to two child or multiple children. And we both have this experience now. I'm <laughs> more freshly in this mother of two <laughs> position than you are. But what are your tips, Chris, first? Mm, well, we have a little bit of a different situation because your son's a lot younger, literally two years younger than my daughter was. My daughter was four um, when I had ran my little one who's four and a half now. So she's the age that Sage was. No, no babies on the way um, this time <laughs> around. But I think something that was really helpful was getting her involved before Ren was born and really yeah. making the baby a real thing. So not just like, you know, mommy's pregnant, baby is coming, but going, okay, this is where baby is going to sleep. And do you, and really having her help out with things, everything from, can you put the blanket on the crib or can you, or she picked out this cute little bunny for her little sister oh. to, um, so that she could have, um, she could bring it home from the hospital with this like cute little bunny. Um, my daughter has a bunny that my husband got. My oldest daughter has a bunny that my husband got for her when she was born. Just like, you know, we were at a bookstore and he's like, oh, I want to get this for, for a sage. And so she gave her like a miniature version of that. And, oh, that's and so cute. Yeah. It's really cute. And she still has her, um, and, or has the bunny, I guess. And so, yeah. So just getting her involved, everything from like, this is where the baby is going to sleep to the baby's going to be in mommy and daddy's room for a little while. And then the baby's going to be in the room. They share a room. So the baby's going to be in the room with you and really just getting her involved with every part of it, explaining things, explaining um, like when it's time for baby to come, you know, mommy's going to go to the hospital or wherever he might be birth center. Um and then, you know, she was going to go with her grandparents and really just kind of almost over preparing and really getting her involved in every part of it. And every child's different. And depending on their age, like they might need a different mm -hmm. level of explanation and preparation. But for my daughter, she's very curious and will and she'll <laughs> she will tell you the whole experience of when I started going into labor until she was dropped off with my mom and was like very disappointed she couldn't actually be there for her sister wow. being born but I mean like That's a few cool. minutes later and she probably would have been <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so she was she really wanted to be prepared so you know every kiddo is going to be different I think in the level that they're interested but I think that was really helpful before. And then, um, so she kind of knew what was happening. And then, then when she was born, I invited her, I think to be involved consistently with her baby sister. Now I didn't ever pressure her. So it would be like, can you go get me the diaper? And she would go get it for me and be so proud to bring me little sister's diaper. And I would change yeah. the diaper or can I wipe? I'm like, sure. Okay. This is how you wipe. And then, you know, mommy would clean up. Um, and you know, <laughs> what have you. So she would help out. And I think that was helpful to help her to feel involved, um, in the, the whole, like, 
little sisters coming in terms of the actual, like, you know, the fact that we're, there's going to be another human in the house. Um, and, a human dividing my time. And then I think the the last thing I wanted to say, and I'm not even going into anything of like, you know, schedules or anything like that. For us, it was a lot of like, I wanted to get her prepared because she was an only child for four years and right. it was a big transition. Um, but carving out some special time for mm-hmm. just her um, with me and with my husband. So my husband would carve out time to take her to like the playground or things like that. He was working. So I was similar to you. Um, he was working at a, a nine to five job at the time. Mm-hmm. And so he would after, I think he was home for like a week or two and then he went off to work. And so whenever he could, when he would come home from work or whatever, he would like take her to the park for a little bit. And just so like, you know, or outside just to run around. So she would have some special time with him because my time was divided during the day. Mm-hmm. But then I would try and do special times with her. So we, there are a couple of traditions that we still have. So we would do, we went and she got her first manicure, um, which is Aww. something that we now do with my four-year-old now, like once a season. And so we just got manicures yesterday for the summertime. So we went and we got manicure and like a kid's manicure is like $10. So it's really inexpensive. And, um, so, so maybe one day if you're, if you're into nails, you can bring your daughter for a manicure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it was a fun little thing we did with her. Um, and then we'll go, we'll go to the coffee shop and we'll get a treat to share and something like that too. Just little things and have her tell me about her day or preschool when she was at preschool. So she kind of felt like, okay, little sister's here and little sister's a part of the family, but it's not all about little sister either. It's mm-hmm. mommy still cares about me and we still have that special time. Um, so I think those were, those are what was helpful for me. And I think we did pretty well. Like my kids like each other and we're only, <laughs> we're only four years in <laughs> to having That's siblings, awesome. but they like each other. And big sister is actually still really helpful. Um, sometimes too helpful because now little sister is four and wants to be independent and do mm-hmm. things herself. And she's like, no, sissy, I don't want you to help me. But I'm like, <laughs> Okay, I can appreciate that big sister's trying to help, even if little sister doesn't always want it. So, yeah. So it worked out and and they love each other. So 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 far, so good. <laughs> what do you yeah. think? I so the first thing that came to mind when I saw this question was the same thing that you mentioned, talking about baby before arriving and making them like aware of like what's gonna happen and not just once, but over and over again. Obviously. Sage was two and Jackson is, was, I mean, Sage was four and Jackson was two uh, when their siblings arrived. So depending on their age, it will differ, but you, as their parent will know what, what is best for them. Um, and then one thing that did help me with that was finding books from the library that talked about becoming a big brother or sister families and um, bringing home babies from the hospital. So I went to the library and had the librarian actually help me grab a whole bunch. And then there was a few that I really liked and I bought those from Amazon and just, we read those quite a bit. Um, So having a book to read about it, there's also a Daniel Tiger episode about (laughs) um, Daniel becoming a big brother, which we watched Um, just coming at it from like, a different different points of view and then something that we did was we my son loves tractors he loves them so much um we talk about tractors every day (laughs) and when we brought Madeline home from the hospital she gave him a gift from baby sister so she gave him a little pink tractor and that was his gift coming home um or when we came home from the hospital with her um, something that I found to be the most tricky time right in the beginning of going from one to two was the, the newborn eats so often. So you're spending a lot of time feeding regardless of, um, like if you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding it, it just, it takes a lot of time because they have such little tummies. They need to eat often. <laughs> um, so that seemed to be the time that my oldest really wanted my attention was when I was feeding the baby. So what we ended up doing was putting a little, like little kid's armchair next to the rocking chair. And then he had a baby doll and a bottle and we would ask him or encourage him to get his baby to feed when I was feeding little sister so that 
he kind of had something to do that didn't work all the time, but it, it did work part of the time. So I thought that was helpful. Um, some people recommend, I tried this, but I'm just, I'm not great at the whole positioning thing, but some people recommended like having the toddler and the baby cuddle up to you during feeding time. So maybe sitting somewhere like a couch. And I, I have tried that um, a few times, but, um, my oldest is a little bit of a wiggler, so it doesn't work out very well for us. However, I've had heard that works for some people. Um, and then I think another tip for my last tip for transitioning from one to two is that at first things will feel, some things will feel really hard, but they won't feel really hard for long and you'll get better and used to having two kids and you will feel more confident as a mom. And that will speak volumes to how the transition goes overall. And I personally felt that transitioning from one to two was less um, of a change in dynamic in our family and our routine than going from zero to one children to, to like having my first child. So um, I think that was would have been reassuring for me to hear like as I was preparing for my second um, to arrive. So I'm just going to put that out there. Mm, oh my gosh. I love that. And it's so true. It feels really hard and really overwhelming in the beginning. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't for you, but did for me. And I think it does for a lot of moms, but it does get easier and you get into those rhythms. Um, I love all those ideas. I love the idea of having the chair for him with the baby doll. Oh my gosh. I wish I had known that. So that is going to help so many moms I know, because I love that idea. So even if it doesn't work every time, I think that that's a great idea. Yes. It's definitely worth it. Even if it works just some of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And Um, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the next question too, Chris, because this one is more specifically for you, I think. Yes. (laughs) Um, So we're on question number three now. And the question is, what is easier or harder with older kids than younger kids? Mm, Okay. So this is one I kind of had to think about because it's not really something that I think about often. You know, I think I, one of my... I don't, I don't really have a lot of parenting philosophies. My only one is that everything's a season. <laughs> and that's the one piece of advice. I think I've mentioned this before that we give to new parents. If we have friends, um, you know, who are like, do you have any advice? We're like, we do not feel qualified to give any advice. The only thing we will tell you is that everything's a phase. Everything's a season. As soon as you think something is, you know, going smoothly or not, it's going to change. <laughs> and that's true from like the newborn stage to now. And we have an eight and a half year old and a four and a half year old. And I only say eight and a half and four and a half because they remind me often that they are going to be nine and five in the fall. Mm. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that there are difficulties um, with younger kids and there are difficulties with older kids. And I think overall, I feel more confident with older kids than I did with little babies because I don't think that I was exposed to a lot of babies. I babysat a lot growing up, but I think the youngest child I watched was like maybe a year and a half or so. I didn't do a lot of diaper changing. I didn't do a lot of feeding. Um, And so for me, babysitting, you know, is easy to fall back on like those, you know, those experiences. And so those kids were oftentimes like the ages my kids are now, like, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, And so for me, entertaining kids that are a little bit older is a little bit easier. Um, And of course there are those, you know, those things like having a child who's potty trained is a game changer. Now having two kids who are potty trained, like super game changer. Like they can both and go and just take care of themselves whenever they need to. We still have to remind our four-year-old sometimes that like, Hey, do you have to go potty? And she's like, Oh yeah, really bad. It happens. Right. Um, and then, but she's fine. She's good. Um, so those things are easier, you know, out of the diaper stage, out of the having to, you know, feed them by hand stage, but you know, older kids have different, you know, have had bigger kids have bigger problems too. Right. So bigger kids, I, in my experience, my older daughter, uh, actually both my daughters, but, um, she's got big emotions. The older she's gotten, the bigger she's gotten, the bigger her emotions have gotten too. Mm. Um, and so it's just a little bit different. I don't even know if I necessarily could say that there are things specifically that are easier 
or harder other than things like, well, the feeding and the diapering. And I love that my kids can basically get themselves dressed. Um, my older daughter can take a shower on her own. And those things are fun things to look forward to as a parent too. You know, we're not going to have to do this all the time. Like I'm not going to have to bathe this child for years. And you know, some of that is a little bit sad going, okay, no, I'm not, they're not going to want me to bathe them forever. But some of it's like, okay, wow, this is way easier to just be like, Sage, go take a shower. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> go do it herself. And she's fine up until she, you know, she needs a ponytail or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I can take care of that. Um, but, you know, I think embracing the season that you're in, yes, some things are going to be easier and some things are going to be harder when kids are younger versus when kids are older. Um, but I think instead of thinking about what's going to be easier or harder, I think really just living in your season, I think is so mm-hmm. huge. Um, as difficult as things might be, right now or as easy as things might feel now, it's likely going to change. So um, I think just focusing on living in your season, I know that might not necessarily be an answer to the question, um, <laughs> but uh, at least that's that's what we're trying to do over here is not mm. necessarily focusing on easier or harder, but just kind of living in the season and embracing what is. Yeah, I love that answer and I totally agree. And even though I've had not had as many seasons as you, it's very, very true that everything is a season, especially in parenthood. And sometimes you just don't even know when their seasons are going to change or most of the time. And sometimes it's really bittersweet, but there's always a new season to look forward to. Yes. Yeah. Actually, funny enough, we had one of those like little bittersweet. This is going to seem like the silliest example. Um, But today I was in the bathroom gathering some laundry, you know, mom stuff. (laughs) We have a laundry basket in the bathroom. And as I was gathering the laundry, I elbowed our, we have a little potty seat and it's this Mm -hmm. pink Minnie Mouse potty seat for, you know, kids who are potty trained, but still have small bumps. And uh, so I accidentally elbowed it and it fell off and I went to go pick it up. And my four-year-old goes, I don't need that anymore, mommy. And I was like, oh, you don't. And she's been using the potty without it for probably a month now. I think it's just cumbersome Uh, to like have to get it and she and like, you know, put it on the potty and she needs an actual stool to be able to get on the potty with it. So she just stopped using it. And I'm like, oh, so now we're like, past potty seat stage and wow. I'm like oh my goodness we have an almost five-year-old like oh it's it's weird it's crazy mm-hmm. it's crazy to think about so yeah everything's a season and you know we don't we don't necessarily know when things are going to change sometimes it's you know right. as simple as a potty seat <laughs> yeah <laughs> So the next question we have um, is sort of it's a pivot um, but I think it definitely relates to um, well you know what I actually I feel like we can go into that a different time. I, I want to go and I want to, I want to talk about this question because you don't have a ton of time um, because, you know, we're both busy mamas and we're a little pressed for time tonight, but Mm -hmm. I want to talk about mom guilt because this was a question we got asked. And I think we've talked about this a little bit here and there, but when we get a specific question about mom guilt, I feel like, I feel like we need to talk about it um, yeah. because I think both of us are pretty passionate about this topic too. And you actually mentioned, you know, about routines and getting into routines. Um, and so I'm excited to hear your answer. And the question was how to deal with mom guilt when trying to take self-care. So I'm assuming they're meaning like, take time for self-care. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on feeling guilty when trying to take that self-care time? So obviously it seems like they understand mm-hmm. the importance of self-care, but actually taking the time. Yeah, so I want to just say, first of all, that I have a very strong opinion about this, but it doesn't mean it's easy for me either. Um, The guilt is going to, at least in my experience, has continued to creep in once in a while, but I've been able to use this mindset shift or reframe of my thoughts to notice when it's happening and then shift it from feeling guilty to feeling like I know what the best decision is for me and my family. So the number one mindset shift and reframe that has helped me is what is as quote, what is good for me is good for the baby. And you can insert kid or the child's name or whatever um, children plural into that sentence or mantra. So what's good for me is good for the kids or what's good for me is good for the family. And I know that when I take care of myself, the better I can take care of them. 
And something that's been helpful for me to is like gather um, evidence <laughs> of this in my day to day. So just taking note of, wow, if I take 10 minutes to do X, Y, Z, I felt so much more patient in the day, or I was able to stay focused and present with the kids and feel like I was enjoying the time versus um, wishing I was doing something else. So one thing for me that one thing I've been feeling guilty about lately is wanting to like clean the kitchen or like tidy the house. And I'm like, well, why can't I just let it, let it go? Just like this truly is self-care for me. (laughs) I like really thrive when things are tidy and my outside impacts the, the inside, my mental insides. So I was having a lot of guilt with cleaning and like, why, why is it so important for me to clean, take care of the dishes and everything? Um, and then what I noticed is that when I didn't clean and pick things up, I was just like trying to pick things up as I went and trying to play with the kids and like not really committing to either. So then I was just stressed about all of it versus when I said, okay, I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes and I'm going to clean and do a 10 minute tidy. I felt so much better afterwards and I could like play with the kids, make another mess and just be present with that instead of feeling pulled in different directions. Um, So That's just a mantra I would recommend repeating as many times as you need it. I still do it and um, it will get easier as time goes on, I think and hope. (laughs) How about you, Chris? Uh, It doesn't. It doesn't get easier, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I think just, you know, life changes and you have different things happening in your life as a mom. I think as kids get older, as time goes on, like I know that we've been in a little bit of a crazy season the last couple of weeks because we've had a lot of extra activities because we have one of my daughters is in dance, the other's in Girl Scouts. So we've had like extra meetings and award ceremonies and rehearsals and all of these things going on. And it has taken a lot of that time that we might have my husband and myself to just chill out and take our self-care time. Um, but I love that mindset shift and I don't have much more to say than yes. <laughs> when I take care of myself, I can take better care of my kids. What's good for me is good for the family. I love that. Um, and I think I just, so I, I want to echo that. And then I think, um, prioritizing. So in this kind of crazy season that we have been in, um, oh, and you know, there's another thing that you said that I really appreciate. So I think prioritizing and knowing what those things are that kind of are life-giving for you, what make you feel like yourself, um, what make you feel really good, those cup fillers, um, and kind of identifying the maybe two to three things that help you feel really good. Like for you, the cleaning, um, Mm -hmm. for me, it's getting in some sort of movement. I know you mentioned that movement's really important to you too. So sometimes it's my, it's my runs because I love to run. It's my favorite. Running is one of those things that I do for my mental health. And it also happens to be physical activity, which is a great side benefit. Um, So for me, it's running whenever I can, um, listening to my body on, you know, how long I run. Sometimes it's four miles. Sometimes it's 12. It totally depends on the day. And I do schedule the longer runs when I'm training for something that doesn't just happen on a whim. (laughs) And that's a discussion with my husband, like, Hey, can I go and run for, you know, two hours this Mm -hmm. weekend? And that is not something I did in the early stage of motherhood at all. That was not possible then. Um, now as the kids are a little bit older, mm-hmm. I can go for bigger, you know, goals and things like that. I'm training for a half marathon now because I because I love it. And that for me is self-care. Sometimes for me, self-care is like the other night, I was so tired. I had a really long day of recipe testing and recipe testing is is great. It's fun. It is my favorite thing about my job. Um, Actually, I shouldn't say that. I have a lot of favorite things about my job. I love my job in general, Mm -hmm. but I was tired. I had recipe tested for like six hours straight and my husband was out and about. So I was kind of toggling between having my little one. This is before my older one was out of school, having my little one home and, you know, playing with her and giving her attention and testing recipes. And I was exhausted and the kids wanted to go on a scooter ride, which we love doing. We love doing as a family. But I looked at my husband and I was like, I do. I just don't have the energy to go for a scooter ride. I'm like, can you take them for a scooter ride? I just need to sit down and read before we do like bedtime routine and all of that. And, um, 
I've gotten into the habit of getting myself a book at the library. We go to the library every week. And so every couple of weeks, I will get a book for myself at the library and they take me the full three weeks to get through most of the time. But Mm -hmm. I sat and I just read for like 10 minutes. And whenever they were just going down the street and back with the scooters, 10, 15 minutes, And that was all I needed to get through the rest of the night of motherhood. And I'm very grateful that my husband is home to be able to do that. But pro tip, um, you know, screen time is a great tool for 10 minutes of reading. Just saying, Mm -hmm. you know, cartoon, (laughs) yeah, whatever you need. Even if I love the point you made that it can just be 10 minutes. It can be a 10 minute tidy. It can be a 10 minute workout or maybe a 20 minute bar workout from Danielle. Yeah, Um, (laughs) it can be 10 minutes of reading. It can be, you know, whatever it is, that 10 minute bath. It doesn't have to be super long and um, just remembering that, you know, if it's good for you, it's going to be good for the family. So to take your quote, I love that. (laughs) Yes. And I didn't come up with this quote. I wish I knew who initially shared this with me. It's in the foggy days of like sleep deprivation. So I'm not (laughs) entirely sure, but I thank that person from the bottom of my heart for saying that because it has made a big difference. (laughs) You're passing it on to the community. So, you know, I think Mm -hmm. it's great no matter who it was from originally. I think it's a a great thing to pass on to the community and I fully, fully echo it. Um, And yeah, the the guilt totally happens with me too, by the way. I mean, especially because I've been in a season of finishing up a couple big projects to try and I'm like front loading my projects, thankful that I can, I own my own business and I'm able to do that so that I can have most of the summer to spend with my kids and take a lot of time off before our move. Um, But it has meant that I've done, I've been working a lot more than I do in other seasons. And so for me, the guilt a lot of times comes from working, but I totally, I totally empathize with the guilt and that feeling. Um, But knowing, you know, for me, it's like, I remind myself that, you know, it's okay if I take this little time now because it means more time later. And the Mm -hmm. same thing with, okay, 10 minutes of tidying now means I can be more present with my kids or 10 minutes of reading now means bedtime's going to go a lot smoother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. That finishes up our Q&A for today. We have one question we didn't get to, which was a great question. Um, I think we should find it. We'll find another time to to answer that question. We'll figure out when we can do that. Um, But I wanted to get to the ones that kind of related to the, you know, one to two transition, pregnancy, birth, preconception, all of that, because you're just coming out of all of that. And I think this is a great conversation about motherhood and kids and balance. Um, And it was a really good time to... I think wrap up our Q and A's together. We have had an incredible season. This whole last season we've done Q and A's. I think we've done, we did like six or seven. I didn't actually count. I should have done that. (laughs) Q and A's over the last, you know, less than a year, nine months or so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we first started talking when we, when you did my like interview and when we did my, yeah. my podcast together. And then from there it went into Q and A's, which was really fun. And I think it's been about a year um, because yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been great and so nice to have something to focus on. That's um, outside of family and something I'm really passionate about. And that it's just nice to have a conversation with someone who's on the same page as you and, bounce off ideas and like just gets your brain going and refocuses you on what matters most to you. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I know that our listeners love these Q and A's. They are some of our most popular episodes. So they love you as much as I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so many of my listeners know that I'm actually going to be switching the podcast coming in July. This has kind of been Mm -hmm. a long time coming. I have a whole episode about kind of the craziness in my life and making the decision to switch the podcast. So I'll put that in the show notes if you haven't listened to that. Um, But uh, the podcast will be back. This is actually the last episode of season four, which is insane. Um, Um, and we're going to have a little break over the month of July because I take a break from the podcast in July because self-care time um, and time (laughs) with my family. And uh, and then when I come back in August, the podcast is actually going to be the Healthy Mama Kitchen podcast. And we're going to focus more on food and what is what I'm really passionate about kind of bringing to the world. I it's balance is always going to be a theme on the healthy balance mama podcast, but it kind of feels right with my business shift to kind of shift that way as well. 
But friend, I know that you also have your own announcement. Do you want to share what's up with you? Other yeah. We talked about your bar membership and your health coaching, and we'll link all of that in the show notes as well. So they know where to find you outside of our Q and A's. We'll have you, we're going to have to have you on again sometime too. Just, yeah. just for fun. <laughs> I can't um, wait. What do you have going on? <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to share this. And I also can't wait for the healthy mama kitchen because it's going to be awesome. Um, so I'm very excited to announce and this feels so official, but I'm starting my own podcast and it is officially out there on Apple and you can find the trailer so you can go ahead and take a listen to it, but it's called Simply Well with Danielle. Um, so it's going to be all about reclaiming your time and well-being and motherhood, really thriving and finding balance. So similar to the topics that we've talked about on here. Um, but I want it to be like a go-to resource for moms and multi-passionate millennial women to, um, for organization, realistic self-care strategies, routines, time management, and just taking care of yourself. And something that's really important to me is time management and being succinct and efficient. So I'm hoping to keep them short and sweet and to the point so that you can just listen in snippets, small snippets of time. And I would love for you to go check it out. It is on Spotify and Apple. It's simply well with Danielle. And I am going to put a link in my Instagram bio too. Awesome. (laughs) I'm so excited. I need that too. So I am so excited for it. I'm going to be your number one listener. Uh, I know that's not really a thing, but I'm going to be your first listener. (laughs) You probably had listeners, but we will link that in the show notes as well. I'm so excited that they have a place to go and to hear your advice and your wonderfully calming voice. I feel like every time (laughs) we get on, I'm like, it's it's like a massage for my ears. I love your voice. It's so so sweet. (laughs) And so I, I cannot wait for your podcast. I'm so excited for you. Thank um, you. And and with that, I think that's that's the end of our Q&A today, friends. Thank you all so much for listening today. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening over the last, you know, almost year of us being on the podcast together and doing these Q&As. And I know we're both so excited for what's to come in the coming months. Yes, thank you so so much. This has been a blast. Thank you for listening to Mommy's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.